This is Agronomy Moment. I'm Wendell Cohen. Good day, Selena. Yeah, good to see you again. Thanks for joining us. We're going to do uh, nitrogen and sulfur, part of our fertility series. We actually did this Take before, two. <laughs> but sound card technical difficulties that we always have to stand by. And so... What is going on here? David. Hey. What's up, Ringer? How are you? Good. Good to well, see you both. See Thanks for joining us here. Is this what I think this is? It is. Are you recording a podcast? recording and you are lot i mean you're going down uh-oh so like the camera's picking up on everything i'm it saying is. yep i'm gonna have to be very careful yep. with what you, i'm about to you say. interrupt at exactly the right time or wrong oh. depending on how you look at it man sorry to interrupt that was not my intention but yeah but if they're know, wasting your time their time on yeah. your podcast yes shouldn't they waste their time on mine hey what do you oh got? yeah why not well, let's across the acres with bex hybrids it is a fantastic opportunity for you to learn more about Bex Hybrids. Not only our customers, our employees, our dealers, who and what we are, our culture, and the unique things that we bring to the table. So I invite you on the yes. podcast provider of your choice to follow along with Across the Acres, a Bex Hybrids it, podcast. And it's it's a lot of fun. You do fun stuff on there, right? Well, thank you. I yes. think we do. Yeah. Yep. yep. We even interviewed uh, Bethany Gremmel here back in January. Yep. And Tim Newcomb the month before that. So we have famous people on our podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, the original episode was Corey Beck, and uh, hopefully we'll get Scott one of these times. But yep. Well, shoot. Maybe we should have Wendell Cohen. Selena. Oh, uh, we should have so nobody many, wants uh, to listen. Have to me. interesting people. <laughs> have interesting I'm just people. This, I'm the agronomy type base type of stuff. So it just sounds. I think he's pretty interesting, don't you? Well, yeah. Well, only because of the people. That's right. Yes. We'll get you yes. next time. Yes. Okay. Well, hey, I'm interrupting. Sorry. You guys enjoy. Yes. Have a great rest of your day. And again, catch out across the acres on across a podcast acres. provider of your choice. Across the acres. It's a Bex podcast. You can find it anywhere. You find your podcasts. Absolutely. Good to see you, my Thanks, friend. Sir. Behave. See ya. Selena, Good thank to see you. you again. Good to see you. See ya. Ooh, all right. Now, no, back to, back back to business. To, what are we talking about? Nitrogen. Nitrogen and sulfur. and sulfur, I think. I don't think we'll be able to compete against the interest level of that. But <laughs> never. <laughs> anyway, this is what really matters on your operation. The rest of that stuff is just fun stuff. All right. Let's see if we can't share slide again oh Ringer. everybody just wants to listen to him i know he is interesting to listen to let's see what did i do just so captivating just that's the one no that's the one all right we're we're in view mode and so we're ready to roll i believe Fertility series, nitrogen and sulfur. And so guys, what we are wanting to focus on in this podcast is nitrogen and sulfur challenges that we face every year. I mean, I don't know probably a place in the Midwest that doesn't have it, but I think in Southwest Missouri or in Missouri period where we get so much rain in the spring, the tendency to get so hot and dry later on, we tend to have, um, those type of challenges that come because too much, too little, all those things affect 
nitrogen and sulfur actually because of how um what is it water they're not water soluble but they follow water right yeah it can be leached out of the yes. soil denitrification and all that stuff yep so nitrogen sulfur management going forward we're going to dive right in here and um, i don't know if i will give my disclaimer about please don't do this on your farm unless you know this is a personal recommendation but these are tools to add to your toolbox absolutely Talk to me a little bit about nitrogen, fastest to arrive, fastest to leave. Yep, and uh, so of course that's going to be uh, the most important whenever it comes to corn and corn growth. And um, obviously, like you said, we are presented with challenges every year, uh, and every year is different. Yes. We've got situations where it's really wet. We've got situations it's really dry. Last year, for example, hopefully we don't see that again. Yes. Uh, but we had a very dry year for the most part across the board. And I think we saw where we probably have a little bit of nitrogen left over in the soil and you have some yes. genetic gains going on with, with hybrids that um, I think we see our economic optimum nitrogen rate, probably a little bit on the decrease as far as what we're using, what we what, need. What rate has been good. Yeah. It used to be what, like a 1.1 1 .1 yeah. type of thing to right. one, and we're maybe even going to tick the low mm -hmm. in our area. And like last year with it dry, just didn't yes. use as much of it because, you know, the soil was so dry and, and yes. um, conditions were just not to, ideal. To minimize that risk, though, talk to us a little bit about how what practices we can use with this nitrogen to help minimize some of that risk of loss. I think uh, one really key thing uh, for nitrogen loss or to help prevent that is a lot of like our PFR data is showing yep. um, split applications. So a, a two by two by two system. Yes. And, um, and I think also one thing is that starting to have more conversations about what is our realistic yield goal. Yes. Building our nitrogen practices around realistic yield goals, because if our yield goal is 150 and we're pouring on all of our nitrogen and and one, uh, especially in you yes. know Southwest Missouri or something like yep. that, to where uh, we we don't have any room for flexibility, where we we're cuffed ourselves, and if it does turn off wet and we don't have any more allocation for our nitrogen uh, as far as urea yes. or side dressing or whatever. Um, we've kind of put ourselves in a little bit of a predicament um, and rescue situations. So yes. where I see that splitting splitting up those applications and especially you know your your early side dress or top dress or whatever you want to call it, um, you know we typically see getting that put on yes. you know, a lot of times in history like V six to V eight time frame, but the PFR what we're seeing is saying oh get that on sooner. To where yeah. it's really close to crop use and i think that's a lot of the story yes. there is that you give it time a little bit of time before um you know it it's needs that nitrogen needed. to give it a little bit of time to break down in the soil right. to where that plant has that available so i just think that's one really unique thing that um or we're doing a lot of unique things in pfr with yes. nitrogen but that's just one of the one of the practices that to help split up your yes uh, and and i would tag in too as well as to add to that is it is a, a program that utilizes um you know, like multiple sources mm -hmm. if possible and so if you if you logistically can do this because logistics play a part in this. oh absolutely 
but if, if you can use multiple sources at multiple times, um, you don't have to blow your budget mm -hmm. right up front. Absolutely. And even though sometimes, like you might say, urea, urea is a higher cost sometimes per unit. It mm -hmm. had, now it's kind of closer, but it has been. But sometimes putting it at that time, like you say, like maybe that V3 time frame, so it's their position in a breakdown or form mm -hmm. later. So um, diving in a little bit further here. Ah, there it went, and I think it's going to shift again, maybe. I go faster than this thing does. That's okay. I don't know. Did it? There we go. Nitrogen. Uh, talk about uptake just a little bit. What, what our demands are and, you know, kind of what it does. What does it do to the plant? Probably. Yep. So we're really going to need, like, in the slide, if you're seeing the slide, is, is really good bullet points that Wendell has put in there to kind of hone in on on those points and we see that it's going to be fairly flat which we see with not only nitrogen we see it with sulfur we see it with pk all of that but once it is done feeding on that endosperm um and has a uh, its root system started and established then it's going to very rapidly take up nutrients soil, soil nutrients especially nitrogen yes um, to make sure that it's it's there to help produce amino acids chlorophyll Without yeah. nitrogen, yes, we're we're in a world of hurt, and and especially like in cold and wet conditions, if they were planted into that and we smeared that sidewall, we start seeing those tomahawk roots, right? Mm -hmm. And that can be uh, very limiting to that as well. So uh, we are in an environment where we might be interrupted <laughs> once in a while, but it's okay. As we can see, the yes, beginning. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> There's people traveling through. Um. See if I can advance this thing. Okay, nitrogen management practices. We talked a little bit about practices already, um, you know, such as uh, different timing. Um, talk a little bit about what you're seeing in PFR. Yeah. So this slide is going to talk about a little bit, go into more detail, I should say, about this what I was talking about. But here it is on the slide: PFR data showing uh, the return on investment with. Uh, an additional application and splitting our applications of nitrogen and the benefit that we see at getting there at V3 rather than yes. um, comparison to a V4 or V6 application. Granted, it still returns, but just not as well. Yep. And um, and so we're seeing, like what we're saying, is the closest to in-season use mm -hmm. right prior to that. Is and of course, you know, we talk about exceptions all the time and you know there's going to be instances where um, logistically maybe that's not possible yes um but point is just as close to crop use as we can as we can get it on there yep so let's talk about sulfur a little bit um especially as it relates to why perhaps we need sulfur and why it's being talked about more yeah so on the slide there you can see the uh the comparison from 2000s to 2020 so 20-year span there where yeah. we can really see that the sulfur in the air is nowhere near what it used to be and yes. I would say it's probably gonna get worse yes um, as far as not having that sulfur there so we talk about that sulfur not being in there it's not getting in the soil we don't have um, near near the mountain the soil that that we would probably like to have yes. so when we're going out and making sulfur applications, um, 
that elemental sulfur is going to, that, that we're typically probably going to be applying in a dry form, whether it be in the fall or in the spring, um, is, is kind of there to help build that, yes. that soil. And then our sulfate form is going to be more available for plant use. So yep. that's going to be probably targeting like our nitrogen uh, split applications closer to crop use a lot of the times, like yes. in AMS, um, just a sulfate form to help be close to that crop use for uptake. Because similar to nitrogen, um, sulfur is going to be the same as far yeah. as its and, uptake. And then far as, um, you know, unlike nitrogen, which is like, you might say, three digits worth of nitrogen needed to uh, for use per year, sulfur is somewhere around that, what, 20 to 30? And, and really it used to be, I heard a lot of 15 to 18 being put on, you know, that's kind of when it got introduced. Mm -hmm. um, but we also have to remember too, in today's world, we're growing better corn. So not only do they have more sulfur deposits back then, but you know, where we're talking about sub 100 bushels of people back better, in the 80s and 90s. We're growing better beans. And too. growing better soybeans, true. And that has, a, you know, that play, plays a part also. And I just think it's cool to go back and look at, old soil tests compared to new soil tests, if, you know, yes. if you could ever find them. And then, you know, new soil tests, just the amount of low sulfur in a lot of, yes. a lot of soil tests it just goes back to the point of yep. as much sulfur available naturally. Right. Um, talk a little bit more about just very briefly about sulfur and what it does. Yeah. So it's, it's a really important nutrient for, um, proteins and chlorophyll formation just as uh, nitrogen and uh, just really really crucial that, that that's that's one that we a deficiency that we can usually see pretty easy yes but kind of once we see it um probably maybe a little bit too late as yes. far as that is concerned so um, i really like the throwing that sulfur in there with uh, nitrogen for yep i would side dress or top dress or i would uh I would just mention what I've been talking to Nate Furley, the regional agronomy manager mm -hmm. up in Minnesota recently, um, talking about how, you know, how you can see on the chart how low the usage starts, mm -hmm. but we could almost say that if you were going to put a chart of how critical it was, it would be more, that chart would actually level out, right? Mm -hmm. Because he said, even though it's a very small consumption, it's extremely critical to start the foundation Absolutely. of that corn plant. So. Just because it's a small use, you might say down in this area, um, that little bit that is there is very needful as that plant comes, like you mentioned earlier, comes off of the um, relying on the um, seed. Well, and, and sulfur helps with the nitrogen use efficiency in the plant too. So, sure. I mean, there's okay. yep. things there too where we, we, we can see those benefits. Yep. And now, how do we optimize our management and do a better job going forward realistic yield goals and you're going to hit on the plans part so i'm not going to yep. steal your thunder <laughs> um, <laughs> sure so realistic yield goals and um, take a look at the pfr information and just you know maybe there's some nuggets there tidbits that we can yep. take to try to if you know if we're, we're not running a two by two by yes. two system maybe we can uh see from that data okay i need to get my nitrogen in season nitrogen yes. on closer to crop use. Yeah, maybe that's a, a spinner, like a sp you're spreading urea mm -hmm. and some AMS right at pre-plant and you work it in or things like that. Yep. Um, like it says there on the quote, plans are worthless, but planning is everything. I really like that quote by President Dwight E. Eisenhower. And I think, you know, going into the battle of a new season as a farmer, 
um, this also applies. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a plan. You need a plan. Mm -hmm. It's important to have your plan of what, where your nitrogen is going to come from and the supplier you're going to get it from that they're ready to go when it's go time mm -hmm. and it's not scrambling when it rained 10 inches in the month of May and suddenly we have to come in and arrest right. you. And then we're like, whoa, my, that, my plan doesn't call for it. Yeah. But you're already preparing. Um, so understanding that key is that the, the plans, you know, the planning is everything so that it's there, um, but be ready to be flexible. Um, I like to say too that, you know, if, if you can add more sources of nitrogen and more applications, you can reduce your risk of the wrong timing. Yep. And because sometimes we point. don't always know in the weather and how it's going to be, but by splitting those, you can reduce some risk there. Yep. That's a good point. And so that concludes our, um, hopefully informative uh, piece. Thank you so much for your information and adding to this, Selena. See you next time. See ya. Everyone, thank you for joining us today on Agronomy Moment, a Top Ag Services production. If you want alerts on what we are finding in the field, go to topagservices.com forward slash signups to receive alerts, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is our goal to bring you the most recent and advanced information possible. If you have any questions or feedback, feel free to reach out to us anytime. We also ask you that you give us a like and follow our channel wherever you listen to your podcasts or watch these videos. This ultimately helps us reach more people like you. Hey, this has been Wendell Cohen, your show host. Thank you to all who made this show possible. This show is over. See ya.